0: Hi, folks. Welcome to session four of the induction course. We're going to be talking about the cross. Now, the cross is absolutely central to everything we know about the Christian faith. Without the cross, there is no Christianity. Without the cross, um, there's, our salvation doesn't happen. Um, it's really, really that important. So you're going to hear a phrase as you move around the church and listen to songs and prayers, the blood of Christ. Now, it's a little, little summary phrase that we use. It just means everything that Jesus achieved for us on the cross. So what I'd suggest is, before um, you, you listen to the rest of this, why don't you actually just read a little Bible at this point? I'd suggest any one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, at the end of it, has the stories of the cross. In Matthew, it's from verse twenty-six, uh, chapter 26 on, Mark is 14, Luke is 22, John is 18. Choose one or two and just read the stories. Just read what happened, okay? And uh, and then we can talk about what it means. Now in the Old Testament, there's a, a book, uh, a prophet, a guy called Hosea, and he is called by God to the most horrible service imaginable. He's a godly man, he's a priest, he actually just wants to be uh a guy who helps people know God and he's passionate about it. He gives himself to God that people might know God. And God comes to him with an assignment that is just galling. He's told to go and find the, the most notorious prostitute in his town and marry her. Now, look, suffice to say, it doesn't go well. Uh, it's a, it's a abject story of, of devastation. And. Um, he winds up with um, children that are actually not his children that he's looking after because his wife's going back on the street just because she liked it. Three times God calls him to go and, and court his wife and, and love her and woo her and seduce her. And, and the last one, God comes to him and says, you've got to go and win your wife. Go to her. And he, he, she won't she went, he didn't want to know me. I'm just a laughingstock. His career is in tatters as a priest who wants to know a God who's telling people to do this. I don't want him in the Sunday school. That's for sure. And he says, "God, oh, look, I'm ruined. I'm just eating dirt here. Um, this woman has completely destroyed me. And you told me to marry her. And what do you mean, going, and going?" And God says, "Just pay her a prostitute's fee. Do that. You can still get her. Just ah, oh, oh. so he does this, and then at the end of it all, in, in this utterly <laughs> shattered. Life. God begins to reveal to him what it was all about. And he starts to say things to him like, Hosea, how do you feel about your wife? I could kill her with my bare hands. What are you going to do about your wife? Nothing. Why not, Hosea? Because I am in covenant with her at your command, and I will keep covenant even though she has completely destroyed me, Hmm, says God. Now you know how I feel. I made covenant with the people of Israel. I said I would be their God, that I would be faithful to them, and they are as big a pack of prostitutes as your wife. Isaiah, how do you think I feel about my people? You want to kill us? And, And... it's violent, the images of destruction, where, where God says, what I want to do, I want blood flowing ankle deep in all of your cities. This violent wrath of God, this unrequited lover who's come and, and declared to people his people who were no people. He's given them everything. Like Isaiah's wife, she had a chance. She could have been a big shot. She blew it because she just liked life on the streets. Isaiah, my people are prostitutes. And Hosea looks at God and says, oh no, and you're not going to, you're going to love them, aren't you? God says, yes. I made a covenant and I'm God. They are whores. I will love them. picks up in Timothy in the New Testament. Though all prove faithless, he remains faithful. He can't be unfaithful to himself. Now the cross is where you see these two themes play out the tremendous anger of God against humanity in its sin, the violent anger and wrath of God that says, this is so wrong, it stops here. And also the love of God that says, how could I give you up? And if you read the 11th chapter of Hosea, it's pretty scary because you see God in this crazy exchange with himself, And he actually, you know, he's talking about the destruction he would like. And then he says, no, my heart recoils. I am God, not man. I'm the holy one in your midst. I can't do that. Ah, I want to. And this broken hearted God, so wounded by our sins, our rebellion, our stupidity, our failure to do anything good with Eden, to leave, to just... damage each other and and build these cities of evil that we do and so on. God is violently angry, passionately loving. And it's at the cross that you see the whole thing play out. Jesus, however you understand the cross, becomes all mankind. And Jesus on the cross becomes humanity itself. We're all reduced down to this one guy, who stands before the judgment and wrath of God against sinners and sin. If you want to know how angry God is at you about your sin, read those gospel stories. That is how God feels about us when we are left in our own sins and left to our own devices. Nothing but the assurance of hell. You know, there's only one man in the history of the world we know for sure went to hell without the chance of redemption. That was Jesus. He describes hell in horrible terms. And the reason he describes it in such horrible terms is he's testifying, he's saying, I have to go there. You don't, I do. And Jesus on the cross becomes you, me, all mankind, lost in our sins with God the Father turning his back on us, Pouring his wrath out and condemning us to damnation. Hand it over to the devil. That's what's going on at the cross. So all those sermons you might have heard about, yeah, when Jesus was on the cross, he was looking down through history, he was looking into your eyes. Yeah, it's sort of true though, because we're included in what is going on at the cross. Jesus dies as me as us as all mankind that's what's going on at the cross so what do we say about this there's a couple of ways that it's sort of understood some of the things that are happening at the cross one of the common images is that we are redeemed that we are redeemed at the cross redeeming means buying something back so one of the big ideas is that there's a debt that we owe you know, this—we've done some stuff that needs to be penalized. Our consciences—we feel that that's how it should go. Our legal system rests on that. You know, you do the wrong thing, there's a price tag on that. Jesus pays the price. Jesus pays what our sins cost. Paul, you know, famously, the wages of sin is death. There is a payday due. Jesus. Pays it. That's the wrath of God. And the love of God is that Jesus pays it that I don't have to any longer. I am forgiven in him. Isn't that amazing? We are redeemed. We're bought back. And I love the way some of the New Testament teaches that we are not bought back to be free. We are bought back to be the bond slaves of Christ. Once we were the slaves of sin, now to be the slaves of righteousness. We're brought back for God to where the good life is. We're redeemed. That's what's happening at the cross. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, I love it. I use it all the time when I've got to confront demons. Christ was manifest in the flesh to destroy the works of the devil. At the cross, Jesus is looking for a way to get to hell. He got an appointment there. He's going to kick the place apart says he goes down to hell. He preaches the gospel in hell. He leads captivity captive. He takes many prisoners out of hell. Wow. Christ who goes to the epicenter of the kingdom of darkness and destroys it. Isn't that beautiful? That's what's happening at the cross. This gargantuan battle. I love the way Paul describes it. He says, the devil is not the sharpest pencil in in the pencil case. If he was, he never would have let Christ be crucified. He thought it was such a good idea to kill Jesus. Yeah, except that's, that's life itself. That was never going to stay in hell. And Jesus goes to the devil's own place and destroys it. So we are redeemed. The devil is fought and defeated. There's a moral example at the cross. There's just this example where Jesus says, follow me, take up your cross, follow me. And look, when our lives get to suffering and pain, it's really easy to think, oh God, do you know what's going on? Do you know what this is about? Yes, he does. Christ identifies with all of our betrayals, our fears, our regrets, our stupidities. Christ is there as a bloke in the worst possible place and refusing, refusing to sin in any way, standing his ground holding firm to what is true and noble and good, beautiful, honest, just won't slip. And he says, follow me. So when we face down our pain, the cross is not only a great reality of our salvation, it's a phenomenal example. If Jesus can put up with that, yeah, I got nothing. I'm going to stop whinging and keep following. I I don't have to go to hell. I'm not even expecting it. I'm going to quit whinging. And keep following. Um, There's a story um, about the Passover in Egypt where Christ, um, in Corinthians 5, Paul says, Christ our Passover is offered. The Passover, when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, um, the Pharaoh had the people of God just, just in slavery. It was dreadful. And God is basically fighting with Pharaoh and saying, hey, they're my people. Pharaoh's saying, I don't care. They're mine. And there's this huge argument going on. And finally, God reveals his harm in just terrifying power and says, let my people go or there will be mayhem and death. And Pharaoh says, no, forget it. And so the children of Israel are told to paint blood on the doorposts of their houses. And when the angel of death comes past where it sees the blood, death has no power Suffering has no power, and that that dreadful violence passes over the people where the blood is. Christ is our Passover. Where the blood of Christ is effective, death passes over us. The wrath of God passes over us. Any identification that we are not the people of God passes over us. So, look, that's a little bit about some of the sort of stuff that's happening at the cross It's absolutely phenomenal, and you will spend the rest of your life marvelling at it. One of the nice things that uh, John's Gospel teaches, chapter 12, he says, Now is the hour for the Son of Man to be glorified. The cross is actually the glorification of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, if you want to have a look, it goes through this cycle. It talks about Christ, who was divine, emptied himself took the form of humanity and being a man he humbled himself even more to die our death and to die a cursed death on a cross. But God exalted him and raised him up and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confesses Lord to the glory of God the Father. And John says the cross is the glorification of Jesus. There's no road to glory in the Christian way that doesn't go through a cross. There's no greatness that doesn't come out of suffering. There's no life that doesn't come out of death. And it is the glorification of Christ. It's the royal road that we are to travel. It is where the devil is destroyed. It is where our sins are paid for. And it is what we celebrate week by week at Communion. In communion, we take bread, we take the cup, we celebrate the death of Christ for us. And every week for the rest of your life, as you come to that, you are going to find something new to worship Jesus for. The wealth that is yours because of the cross cannot be described. The power of the blood of Christ Don't forget the cross can't be seen in isolation. John is right. The whole movement from death, resurrection, ascension, pouring out the spirit, it's all one thing. But I commend you to the cross. You need to come to the cross. You need to meditate on the cross. You need to take up your cross. You need to understand the cross. God bless you as you meet with someone and talk about all this stuff. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will really open your eyes and your hearts to get this stuff. Bless you. Bye for now.